We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 274 of the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Andrew can't talk, so I am going to do the lead-in. The Yankees win the wild card. The Yankees win the wild card. It's not Andrew, that I can't talk. It's just what's that up? you watched on TV, so you have a better idea of all of the ins and outs of the game. Because that I, has anything to do with the opening of the show. I just, uh, you know... Was there enjoying enjoying myself. Right. Yes. Look, everything went exactly to plan, did it not? I think this whole game went exactly the way that we drew it up. Minus Patantis going two innings and coming in with runners on base. Right. That's that's the thing that was the obvious second guess when, when Boone pulled that out of his ass. And Boone brings in Batances with runners on base. That's the first strike against him. And then he <laughs> leaves him in for a second inning. That's the second strike against him. And they both worked. So they both worked. I guess Boone's There's no binder. The binder. We're, we're, see, this is, what, th- this is the deal with all of us now. We're so used to the binder that we, that we already have it in our mind that this isn't going to, that he's not going to do something because Girardi stuck to a plan the entire time. I don't it's know. It's not like that. he. No, Jordy didn't deviate from a plan very plan? often. What was the plan last wild card game? 2017 wild card game. Severino can't get out of the first inning. Where's that plan? That's not even in the binder. We're talking about like Appendix Z at that point. That, that has nothing to do with the binder. You're missing the point. The binder has to do with certain scenarios that you do and don't do. Patances, right. two innings, you don't do. Patances, runner on base, you don't do. Mm-hmm. You're missing the point of the binder here. The binder had very strict guidelines in certain scenarios. And if it didn't have a scenario in the binder, then who the hell knows? There's always new chapters written to the binder. Is this but a... this particular, Boone, has no, Boone, Boone does not go by this. He's digital. So, He's but, on an iPad. Before we, go, before we get into the, the entire breakdown of this thing, 
I want you to tell me, I know you and uh, Frank Marco, who is another writer on Bronx Pinstripes, um, who focuses on the analytics, a lot of the stats, the, the things that makes my head go spinning. Um, tell me about the tell me about the atmosphere today because you guys were in the stadium. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, this was Frank's first playoff game. Frank, what did you think of Yankee Stadium wildcard game? Man, it was amazing. Flew up here a thousand miles and uh, it was worth it. I mean, what else What else can you say? It was an incredible atmosphere. Uh, best, probably the best game I've ever been to. Yeah, best game I've ever went to. He flew up from Nashville this morning, so I get a text message. When was it? Like last Friday, just saying, "Hey, I bought a uh, I bought a plane ticket up, so I'll be there." I was like, "All right, I guess we're buying tickets then." And uh, we were in uh, the left field, right, basically where Stan hit his home run, maybe a section over and a few rows up. Um, it was electric. Uh, the pregame was fun. There was there was a pair of A's fans that walked into the dugout and just got booed to smithereens. Um, I don't even think people let them get a beer at the bar. That's how much they were getting booed. Um, a ton of fun. It was everything that I remembered about last October and the energy that the fans brought to the Bronx. It was there again tonight. That's huge. I think because when you're when you're talking about the beginning of the game, I mean a lot of the I think a lot of the narrative walking into this game was how is the stadium going to react. Everybody wanted the stadium to be like it was last year because last year was kind of an opening of the eyes and how this new stadium can be. So the fact that they came back and, and you know, I'm watching on TV, I'm watching at home, it sounded like it was loud. It sounded like it was loud from the very beginning from when Severino came and took the ball and, uh, you know, well, struck out a couple of guys in the yes. first inning. It sounded loud. You know as soon as those strikeouts came, boom, the crowd was in. They were like, oh, Severino's here? <laughs> we're here. Exactly. So you know what was, I thought, well, because last, everyone remembers what happened last wildcard game. Right. Severino couldn't yeah. get out of the first inning. And he had a very, very quick first inning. And I think just from there, everyone was like, okay, let's go. So it was loud. We didn't sit down until, what, the third inning? And uh, when Judge hits that home run in the bottom of the first inning, it's it's two nothing before you can blink an eye. Nobody's out, and it's two nothing. The there was one of the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. I was on Instagram stories. I posted right after Judge hit that home run. Could not feel my ears; they were vibrating. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And from where we were sitting in left fields, because he hit the ball a little bit to the left of us, to left center field. He hits the ball, and you're like, okay, that's hit well, but how well is it hit? Then I saw the replay. That thing went over into the bleachers. That was a freaking bomb. 116 miles an hour off the bat. Um, The only person that could one-up him was Stanton later in the game. Yeah. who hits it to left field 117 miles well, per hour off the bat. So for- back, those two guys hitting ridiculous uh, moonshots. And yeah, it was it set the tone. I mean, like you, that, that, I feel like that was, you, you get the, the lead early, and that's, I was talking about this in the uh, post-game video. I, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how else to say it, is that it felt like the game, it didn't feel like the game was ever out of hand. Well, like th- there were moments I feel like there were tension. Yes. When when it was started, it felt like it might have started to turn because it was almost like it stabilized. And I didn't like that. And, you know, at that point, I feel like when something stabilizes and the crowd maybe is not as into it, that's when Oakland can strike. But they didn't. Um, I agree with you. Judge hits that home run. And Frank, like we were feeling confident in the stands. Um but there, so the second it was the second inning, right? And the Yankees had the first and second nobody out, and Gary Sanchez grounds into that double play. And I right. feel like that gave a little bit of life back to the A's. And well, because for the next two to th- uh, what three innings, it was it was you know stagnation. It was right. It was um, th- there was a lot of zeros being the bullpenning. The bullpenning was work was working. Yeah. Right. right. Well, yeah. The Trevino kid from he Oakland was was dominating. I mean, he was doing. He was doing what you know what they probably wanted their opener to do, starter. I, I'm not gonna lie, I cannot stand calling it an opener. I really every time I say it, I wanna I wanna like I wanna say fuck you, opener. I wanna call it a starter because that's what it is. Did it's still see, a starting pitcher. Brian Kenny's uh, Brian Kenny's playbook went up in flames today. Did you see Brian yeah. Kenny just gloating when he saw that the A's were going with Hendricks today? He was just gloating all over Twitter today. But I want, what I want to talk about is, so like you said, so there was a little bit of life given back to the A's. And then it was the third and fourth inning. Frank and I were talking. 
Severino could not locate his fastball. And from the stands where we were sitting, we just thought, okay, Severino can't find the plate with his fastball. He was throwing all sliders, all changeups. Those That was the only thing that was working. And he hadn't given up a hit. But you're saying, Scott, that the umpire was actually squeezing him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to the Twitter feed now to remember exactly what happened uh, specifically in those. Th- but so the, the um, by the way, um, Eckersley and, and Darling made everybody aware multiple times, multiple times, as many times as they possibly could that there was a no hitter happening. Just let's just jinxing the <laughs> ta- hell out of talking Severino. about talk about a great booth. You get them. You got Ron Darling of the Mets and, and Dennis Eckersley right. of the Red Sox in the well, also uh, in ex, the booth for the Yankees. Ex Oakland A. Yeah, and Oakland, right, exactly. But he's currently with the Red Sox. And then Brian Anderson, who I could recognize his voice, but when I saw him, when I saw his face, I'm like, I, I don't know who you are. I, Wait, who is le- Brian legitimately Anderson? don't know who you are. Is he um, the TBS play-by-play guy? Yeah, yeah. I thought, so, first, I th- I thought he was somebody that I, I knew, but I did. when I saw his face, I was like, I really have no idea who you are. Better or worse than A-Rod's broadcast last night? I don't think there could be anybody worse. <laughs> You know, A-Rod's broadcast was the worst thing I've ever Historically heard. Historically bad. Historically awful. <laughs> and and did you hear also that he signed already for next year? And the only person in the booth that they're that they're potentially not bringing back is um, Mendoza, is, uh, Jessica, Jessica Mendoza. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Vesturgeon yeah. well, and A-Rod both have also, contracts. People also hate Jessica Mendoza on Twitter. She's, She's like an easy target on Twitter. But she has to deal with A-Rod. I don't know how you deal with that. He he's got one he's got canned one liners ready. To get, now you're getting me on a tangent. We're, we're, we're getting really off tangent. Like we could shit on Arod all we want in the off season. Let's let's try and refocus. I here. really want to shit on Arod right now. <laughs> this was so bad last uh, last night. Uh, but so you're you're working through that uh, when Severino was being uh, was was didn't have the command with the fastball. And yes, he there were there were definitely at bats where that ball was on the black. I mean. Sanchez was not framing the ball. He was barely bringing it back. It was it was not a a frame job. You, you the ball was Gary there. Sanchez? No, I'm saying it wasn't him. I'm saying what I'm saying was is the pitch should have been called a strike. Oh, I gotcha. A- anyway, either way, he was getting he was getting squeezed. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and I think that's from from where you guys were sitting. It probably you know looked different. It was uh, impossible and, and to and tell it, from where we were sitting. It it felt like he was missing with his fastball, but he was yes. on. He felt like I, I felt like his command was exactly where he wanted it to be, and and it just wasn't getting called in certain cir- uh, circumstances. Okay, yeah, and, and I think that's very different than than being off. Right. Well, I thought he was off with his fastball, and when where from where we were sitting, all we saw was the only strikes that were happening were either foul balls on the fastball. Or yeah. or swinging strikes with the changeup and the slider, and it was working for him. He got through four innings. He didn't give up a hit. A couple base runners, and it was, he was having some deep counts. But I guess the umpire squeezing him really, really made his drove his pitch count up. It probably forced him to be out of that game sooner than he should have. Well, I think we saw it. I, I definitely think we saw it in that inning, particularly w- w- you know with a few at bats with Severino, but. Uh, the one thing I thought was very noticeable was he was throwing the, the slider. It was moving well, but they were talking to Boone in between innings at one point, and you know there was conversations that had, that were they were had after the first inning where Severino was going well, and he comes in the dugout, and and Boone was pretty candid about this conversation, you know, talking like, "Hey, hey, Sevy, we know you're you're going well right now, but don't forget to mix in your pitches." Because you can get overly confident with the fastball, and and then all of a sudden things change. You still got to work in those pitches, and I think that was a big deal because he he ended up he started throwing more sliders. That changeup and the slider were both high eighties, which to me is extremely effective. When you're when you're able to um, change the speed on that fastball, and you're you're able to get back to the slider and the changeup back in the high eighties, that's a huge deal. And that's something I feel like Severino, when he was struggling, was not able to do. He wasn't able to change the speeds as much. He wasn't able to distinguish from uh, fastball slider and then you know mix in that changeup every once in a blue every once in a while just to show it. So if this is not a, essentially a game seven, I mean this is a one game wild card, do or die, loser goes home. Does Severino stay out there longer if this is just game two of a playoff series? Um. 
I, I it's probably probably a little bit longer. There, a little there, bit longer. There may have been a slightly longer leash because but, I thought in the fourth inning when he was struggling to find the plate and nobody was warming up in the bullpen. I yeah, which was surprising to me. I questioned that because you have a two nothing lead. The offense hasn't the offense hasn't done anything since the first inning, and you're gonna just let him put runners on base. Even if he's yeah. getting squeezed, like you got to do something, and he didn't right. warm up anybody. And then in the fifth inning, two runners get yep. on, and he warms up Dylan Patances. Or was it the so fourth it, inning or the fifth inning? I don't even remember what inning it was. No, he he was warming up in the fourth too. Warming up so in the when fourth. They they cut to Boone a, a couple times when when it looked like Severino was was missing a bit, and he was just he was he was chilling. <laughs> he was on he was on the step. Boone was chilling. you know on on a knee. Boone bubbles. was chilling. I saw him blow one bubble. Now, they they showed I didn't it see on him. The, they showed it on the TV monitor. He he was not blowing bubbles at this particular time when I was looking at him. But he wasn't talking to anybody. There was no conference. There was nothing happening. Where was Larry? Um, was Larry taking a dump? I, I don't know what they they obviously had a game plan, uh, but you know. it's impossible. It's impossible. I don't care who you are. You cannot say anything negative about what Aaron Boo did did today because he obviously had the pulse of this team. He was out there. He let Severino get through his mix. I thought for sure somebody should be warming up, at least as a precaution. Let's have them warm up. I thought in the fifth inning when Batances did come in and there were runners on base and he was still the only guy and just sitting there talking to – you know, the bullpen coach, I'm like, are we not going to have a second guy warming up at this point? Like, why not have another guy warm up in case there's more people on base and Batantis becomes a lesser of an option? No, no, no. Boone had that in his game plan the entire time. Men on base, I don't give a rat's ass. Batantis is coming in. And it paid off. So what's the one thing we've said a million times this year? That you don't bring Batances in with runners on base, right? And what's the other this, thing? This is not just this year. It's, it goes back to last year, too. And what's the second thing we say? Don't let Batances go second into a inning. second inning. And he did both, he did of, both those. of them. He did both of those things. And it worked so is beautifully. That, is that Boone getting lucky? Or is no. that Boone managing on another level? It's not another level. This is why he was brought in. Everybody thinks he was brought in because of the analytics and so, that he just does what Cashman says. No, no, no. He was brought in because he has the pulse of the goddamn team. So he's the Batances whisperer? Like, what, he's you, the, what are you saying? He's, he is the player whisperer. He knows how they feel. He can see what they look like. I'm, you have no idea how big my mouth is getting when I'm saying this. He, he, is, he is emphatically looking at these people and saying, I know how you're going to act. I see you as a baseball player because I was a baseball player recently, and I can tell how you're going to do this next inning, and it's working. So intuitively, it makes sense, right? Batances has strikeout stuff, so you want to bring him in when there's runners on base so you can get strikeouts. But we know that Batances struggles in those situations. But Frank actually showed me a stat during the game, and he, and he also didn't believe it. He was like, look, Batances' numbers are actually better with runners on base than they are with the bases empty. Frank, stop it. <laughs> that you're just you're ruining our narratives and, and how we think of things. I don't like that. It, it's not a narrative. These, guy, these, like, goddamn, is, these goddamn advanced metrics are ruining my life. It's not even advanced metrics though, but like there's a, there is enough proof where and maybe it was from mostly last year or mostly early in the season. I know there was a couple scenarios where Batances got in trouble. Uh I remember that you remember that well, game in Toronto where he gave up like four stolen bases in one inning? He that's the thing. He can't hold people on. So that was one of the – someone on Twitter, I forget who it was. Um, if you listen to the show, shoot us another tweet because it was a very good point. Jonathan Lucroy was the lead runner in that inning. He was the guy that was, that was you know, the, the potential um, problem for Batantis when you're coming in the inning. That might change the game. When you have a guy who's the catcher, who's one of two catchers that's on the roster, uh, that's Jonathan Lucroy who does not run well. That might change the game. That they may be a difference maker on, on, on who you bring in. If you have somebody with any ability whatsoever on the base path, you know maybe that changes things. Yeah, I I, I don't know, but the way that Batan- the way that the way that Boone was handling that inning, the way that Boone had Batantis only warming up, that was his guy. He was going with Batantis, and, and that but, was very clear. Batantis was the star of the game. Shocked that. Chad Green was not the first one out of the bullpen. I, I agree. Thought, with you. I think everyone thought that Chad Green was going to be the first one, whether that was a fireman situation or whether it was a clean inning. Chad Green didn't even get 
warming up in the bullpen. No, he did warm up. Or he he warmed, warmed up. Apparently, he did warm up. Well, he was, is, again, was slick, hard he had to tell a, he had from a fresh, where we are. You could, he had a fresh haircut too. Dry he humps. Had, he dry humps in the bullpen. Dry humps in the bullpen. Definitely a fresh, fresh fade on on the head. So uh, one thing we talked about on our preview episode was at what point do you take Andujar out of the game? And yes. I said seventh inning. And yeah. you, mo- God, God damn, you were wrong. You mocked you were horribly me. wrong. You yeah, mocked you were- me saying you cannot take him out that early. Exactly. First inning, Luke Voigt had to bail him out. Luke Voigt bailed out Andujar in the first inning on a bad throw, and then there was another play where he made a diving stop, and yep. then, good which stop. Was a it was good a good stop. Good- Instinctual stop. Yeah, instinctual stop. And then he short hopped the throw and it was it was uh Voigt couldn't pick it. But Boone pulls him in the sixth inning with a two run yeah. lead. So the yeah, I, I we had this discussion beforehand. You said seventh inning, I said it would be very tough for me to pull that bat. Um in the sixth inning, I said maybe eighth, ninth would be you know, ninth for sure, eighth I could see it. Uh, but when you have it was a two run lead at that point. Two run that, lead in the that, sixth. That's a lot to take out that that bat. But here's the difference: he had already made two throwing mistakes. <laughs> two throwing errors had already happened in the game. That changes what you do. If you ask me that question, when I already know he did, he had two it throwing errors. Change what you do though, because you know it absolutely changes what you do. But you know, you know but he, he's been doing it all year. Yes, that's fine. But people make errors during the year. People strike out during the year. People have bad outings during the year. But when you see it in the game, just like we talked about, you can't go batter to batter. You have to look at how that guy is having an at-bat in a particular game and how he's squaring that guy up on a particular day. I need to see how friggin' Andujar is fielding the ball and throwing the ball on that given day. And when I've already seen two, I'm not playing with fire at that point. I, 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 I totally get it. I understand it. And he made the instinctual throw. This is the thing. Andujar has made those those plays. I'm sorry, the instinctual play, the, the glove play. It's like freaking Chase Headley did the same damn thing. He would make the glove play and then error mail it. And Andujar is the exact opposite. He short arms it. He, he, he throws it from his hip and the ball loops over and, and barely gets the and first base. It takes it's, forever to get rid of the ball. And, and then, it wasn't so much that it was so much that it was it was the throw. Yeah, but the he throw also was double clutched. Terrible. Once he made the diving stop, he stood up and double clutched and then short hopped him. The problem Whatever. he had we're, the time. He had the time. Killing Anduhar, we probably shouldn't. He did not have a good game. Glaber Torres did not have a good game at the plate either. Um, so the the two rookies, I guess, did you know first playoff action did not look good. I mean, Anduhar had uh, he he worked a walk and then got a base hit when you. That's where his strengths are. His strengths are at the plate. So the fact that he came in or that he left in, you know, as early as he did for Hechevaria, I think is a telling sign. And Hechevaria made it again. Made Boone catch. look made Boone look amazing because hot shot left to uh, third base. Hechevaria makes the play. Maybe the at this point everything's working out for Boone. Yeah, maybe that the Hechevaria catch was maybe the third loudest play of the night. Really. Yes, I, I, I don't know why. The, the judge home run was the loudest. Uh, maybe the second loudest was the Luke Voigt triple. And then yeah. I think the Hechevaria catch was the third loudest. Well, that's, I, I think that's, that's surprising as watching it from TV because it happened so fast. It's almost like it doesn't click as a, in a, in a um, live atmosphere. But I think the fact that that, that play was snagged because the ball was, it was, it was a rocket. It was a rocket over his head, and he made a great play to, um, to, to lock that down. So let's talk about Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt comes in, uh, picks a play, saves Andor's ass in the first inning, right? Looks like a hero so far immediately. <laughs> you see this guy picking balls. You're, you're loving it. Then he couldn't, couldn't cleanly grab the, the second um, Andujar short hop, which he probably should have gotten, but whatever. Could have gotten. Either way. Both of them would have and could have. But you know what he did do? He hit a ball off the right field wall that was literally three centimeters from being a home run. Yeah. He thought it was a he home run. He thought it was a home Hand run. Was he up. Sammy Finger was up. put his arm up. Oh, he was going. It was a home run. He, he admitted it in the postgame interview. He said he got a bunch of shit for it in the dugout. He thought it was a home run. Ended up on third base, so no harm, no foul. Maybe he would have scored. I don't know. But yeah, Luke Voigt coming in in a big, big freaking opportunity and a big play, Greg Bird. Who the the legend continues. And did yes. you? So Frank and I were just watching 
uh, his interview from the clubhouse when they were just popping champagne. Meredith was interviewing him. I think not only is Luke Voigt sliding in on Greg Bird's first base job, he's sliding in on Greg Bird's lady. <laughs> do you know how much? Do you know? See, I don't. Even, I haven't even told you this. How much shit I've already gotten through Twitter DMs about this about from, the Greg from, Bird Meredith thing. Yes, from Why? from because because uh, I think there's 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 there are some people that think that we're disrespecting Meredith as a broadcaster, and that is not the case. I want to make that very clear. I think Meredith Morakovich is a phenomenal broadcaster. I think she had one of the best Derek Jeter interviews I've ever seen. But Greg Bird had eyes for her, and that's what we're talking about. And Luke Voigt is coming in and stealing that lady. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we're not disrespecting Meredith. We, we, we love Meredith here at Bronx. We Pitch do Trips. love Meredith. She's phenomenal. Uh, Luke, Voigt, Luke Voigt is the first baseman of the New York Yankees. There is no doubt about this. For the guy at is, least the month of October. Yes. Uh, there were, what was it, a, a New York Times article the, comparing him to uh, Jim Laritz? Uh, you know, with with big home runs, let's hopefully this guy can hit some some big home runs in the uh, in the postseason. Luke Voigt has has taken it by storm. Uh, one concern I think by this this game, if we're going to talk about any of these concerns, because it did feel like the Yankees had this game from from the first inning, in my opinion. Uh, Zach Britton was walking guys again. Mm-hmm. You know that that's the bag that's that's the bad Zach Britton that we've seen. We've seen him much better over the last you know three to four weeks of the season. But when he first came over. And, you know, leading up to those that good stretch, he was the big problem that we saw from him that really was not on the Zach Britton radar was walks. And dude walked walking guys again and then a big home run. He wasn't good tonight. Right. And you, it's like, well, on the one hand, he had a six run lead at the time. So he's pitching to Chris Davis. I understand that you have a six run lead. You don't want to walk two guys and put two guys on base. But that's the one guy in that lineup you can't let beat you, and he, and he let him beat him. I, I guess it's because he didn't have any prior postseason experience. <laughs> yeah, that, that must have been it. It must have I, been you know, the reason. <laughs> I, think that, I think that he couldn't find the strike zone and was, put in, was trying to find the strike zone as much as possible against the wrong guy. Like th- That guy obviously takes advantage of bad yeah, pitches. Yeah, he, he's, the, he's the one bat. He, he's the home run king of the, the American League. He's the home run king of the American League. He's the Chris League. Carter of the American League He's the League most consistent 247 hitter in baseball. Unbelievable. You see that Two he hit seasons 247. In a row. No, four yeah. seasons in a row. Oh, is it four? Jesus. Yeah. That's just stupid. <laughs> How does that even happen? I don't know. All right, so give me some uh, give me some final so, thoughts on, so, on on this on on the atmosphere. I want to know atmosphere. more about this atmosphere. Yeah, so a uh, couple couple takeaways. Like I already mentioned, the the pregame bar that was a ton of fun. Um, the judge home run was absolutely the loudest point of the night. Uh, I don't understand why Yankees concession workers have to move at a DMV pace, but it's infuriating. Luckily, I missed an entire Yankees at bat inning, and it was the inning they went one, two, three. So that was nice. But um, you, you obviously weren't sit- you were not sitting in uh, Cousin Brewski's section. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the the vendors up like at the concessions where you get like you can get a hot dog, you can get a pretzel, yeah, you can get, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the we want Boston chant started as right. as soon as Luke Voigt hit that triple. The we want Boston chant started. And and that is when everyone started to get super rowdy. We were in the the uh, the uh, bleachers. We were in the right field bleachers for Stanton's home run, and people just tossing beers in the air. Uh, it, it was like I said uh, to start the show. It was everything that we loved about the October run last year was back in the Bronx tonight. See, I think that's huge. I think the fact that the the fans showed up is is enormous. This team, you know, has been talking this up the entire time. We need the fans. We need to make sure that this place is is uh, you know as as loud as possibly can. And I know all of Yankees Twitter was all over the same thing. Bring it to the stadium. Bring the noise. Uh, our boys Joe's McFly was in there, loud as hell. Bring the noise, and it sounds like the uh, the stadium did not disappoint once again. So hats off to every Yankees fan in that building. I love to see that. And uh, when they do come back for bought with the Boston series, I will 100% be there. That's, I want to talk. So we're 
we may do, <laughs> I don't know if we've committed to it yet, uh, an oh, ALDS Boston preview. But I want to just talk about that that for a second. No, we're going to do I mean, we're going to do Of it. course, I mean, obviously, gonna do. we do stupid things in the Well, in the, uh, we're going to we're going to do a more in-depth um, you we know, legitimately have no lives in the playoffs. Though. Analysis like we did for for this wildcard game. But let's just talk my, about high level. My kid my kid might not eat. <laughs> Well, well, you're you're putting bread on the table with this podcast. No, no, no. Legitimately, the bread might not be put on the table. <laughs> you're just going to leave it on the counter for him. Uh, <laughs> um, first time the Yankees and Red Sox are playing in the playoffs since 04. We remember yeah. what happened in 04. That's 14 I, years ago. I don't remember what happened. I was um, But this is exact. So we, I remember, I remember the night that Tyler Austin charged Joe Kelly. We got on here. That was a Wednesday night. We got on here immediately after that and recorded a podcast. And we said, it seems like the rivalry is back. But the one thing missing is that these two teams need to meet in the playoffs. Yeah. And now they're meeting in the playoffs. So I understand the Red Sox are favored. They're the home team. They won 108 ball games, whatever the Mm -hmm. hell it is. I am so amped up for this series, though. This, this This is what this is the best part of baseball is Yankees Red Sox in the playoffs. So I don't know how much this this goes to like the pulse of of the the Red Sox fan base. Uh, but my buddy who I went to college with who lives in uh, New Hampshire and is a humong like ridiculous Red Sox fan. He and I would people would legitimately tell us we had to leave the room <laughs> in certain t- because we would we would be arguing for hours about Yankees Red Sox when we were in college. And uh, he called me today, of course, at the very first pitch. I'm like, you mother... What an why asshole. are you calling me? Yeah, why are it's you calling me? I know, now I know why you're calling me. No, he's a, he's a freaking Red Sox fan. Of course he's going to call me. He called me the first pitch. And so we were talking for a, a little bit. I called him back because I couldn't handle that. And I said, you know, what, what, do, you get, what, what do you want? You know you want the Yankees to be there. You know you want Yankees-Red Sox. And he's like... You're right. I do. <laughs> as much as I don't want to play the Yankees, I want the Yankees Red Sox. Yes. And I love that. I love that both fan bases want this. I, I feel like both fan bases need this. We need this we need this this hatred to get back up because that's when baseball is the most fun. When you have an arch rival, when you have someone you hate, the emotions are at their peak. And 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 everything gets better. So so yeah. So I'm going to take that as the entire Red Sox nation or the Red Sox fan base wants the Yankees to be there because that's the team they want to they want to beat. But guess what? This team's coming in freaking hot. Right. Well, hot. that's the, that's the thing. It makes the the victory will be that much sweeter, but the loss will be that much harder. So for yeah, for both yeah, teams. Uh, but that, more for that's, them. But yes, for for both. But more for them for sure. Uh, okay, fine. But uh, but what but that's that's why the playoff series that's why meeting in the playoffs is is extra special is because it sucks that much more to lose and it's that much sweeter to win. And I agree you know you. the last time that Aaron Boone faced the Red Sox in the playoffs, remember what, what year happened? was that? What year was that? That was 03. Oh uh, yeah, okay. What happened? What happened? Uh, what happened the year after that? No, no. Um, but I'm talking about the last time Aaron Boone was a New York Yankee. And faced the Red Sox in the playoffs. Good yes. things happened. Good things did happen. So maybe they'll happen again. Look, we've already had one redemption song. We need a second redemption Sevy, song. Sevy was redeemed tonight. I think he can take yes. positives from this start. You know, it wasn't a fantastic start, but it was. You can take positives. You see him with in the press conference after the game, shit eating grin sure. all over his Why face. Not? He was a shit because grin last last year too. If, if no, it, no, 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 it wasn't. It was definitely subdued. Today, today is a different Sevy. Sevy, he realized he gave up zero runs. But he His, did, he, what was it, one hit? Yeah. He, he did what they asked him to do. I think it might have been two hits. He got into the fifth the inning. He got into yeah. the fifth inning with no runs. That's exact, that's all they wanted him to do. So, right. Uh, before it, we, it, it worked out well. Before we wrap this up, I want to, I want to just, just, can we briefly mention my live TV appearance this morning? <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day for me. It's up at uh, quarter six in the morning, so I could get to Yankee Stadium by 7.15 in the morning. Uh, New York won the, the, the TV channel. It's NY, NY1, right? NY1, the TV channel that everyone watches for 
35 seconds before they changed this channel because spectrum defaults spectrum to it. viewers uh but no i really appreciate them them having me on it was a lot of fun we were out in front of the stadium um it was a live tv spot so that that kind of hit me as i was standing there ready to go on camera i was like oh wait this is live so i guess i guess i can't i, I guess i can't say fucking shit no <laughs> I, I think i don't think that would work as well but, they would have figured out a way to edit that out somehow. <laughs> but um, but go check out the clip if you can. Uh, I posted it on the uh, Facebook channel as well as uh, Twitter and stuff like that. So uh, it was a lot of fun. All right, so now we have the Red Sox series coming up. It's Yankees Red Sox. This is what we've all been wanting for. This is this is exactly what we've we've been uh, we've been pining for as Yankees fans. Uh, starting on today is Wednesday. Uh, starts on Friday. Yeah, game one Friday, Friday, night, Friday night. Friday night seven, at I Fenway Park. They already announced the start. So you guys are probably listening to this on Thursday. You're definitely listening to this on Thursday because it's currently Thursday. It's one <laughs> one fifteen in the morning. In the morning. Uh, I'm gonna edit this, put it up, and Andrew and I will probably later tonight. I say probably we will. We'll uh, record a preview for the Red Sox series. <laughs> And, and 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 get that out, and um, that's when you'll hear from us next. Until then, we will be talking on social media and all of these things. We will celebrate this win, but there is work to be done. Andrew, Frank, I'm glad you guys had a great time at the stadium. I'm not happy that I wasn't there, but I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, what What are your last thoughts before we get out of here? My last thoughts are, we want Boston. Let's go. We want Boston. Frank in the background. I think we have eight eight wins in a row. Our last uh, home playoff game. So that step better be right. I swear to God, that step better be right, Frank. Pretty sure that's right. It's it's <laughs> well, they were six and zero last year yeah, in the playoffs. So won their last eight home playoff games. no, that's false. It's seven and zero. If they won six last year, then it's seven because they lost twenty fifteen wild card game. So they're going for their eight. Going straight. for their eight straight. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The this team is is very tough to beat in the Bronx. Let's go. The the the, the Red Sox starters have not won um a start. They haven't won shit. As Boston Red Sox in the playoffs. Let's keep it that way. Let's go, Yankees. Talk to you guys soon. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out. Before I pick up the phone, where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Ten pitches, Sebi, let's go! Right now, Yankees on the board, let's do this! Aaron here from Louisville, Kentucky, and that two run bomb from Judge had me fucking screaming in my dorm hall during quiet hours. Let's go, Yanks, one inning at a time. Hey, my name is Claudio. This is my first time calling the hotline. Um, been listening to you guys for a long time. You guys do a great job. Um, I was one of Girardi's biggest supporters for the last 10 years. Defended him every single day against all the naysayers. Boone has literally been one of the worst in-game managers I've ever seen. I cannot fucking believe that you bring in Severino after he fucking exerted every ounce of energy he had getting out of that bases loaded jam. He had absolutely nothing left. Immediately. Immediately, this guy gives up a hit, gives up another hit. Who the fuck does he bring in? The one person in our bullpen who cannot pick up inherited runners. What the fuck is he thinking? Oh my god, he's on Spoon is nerd. Fuck, I'm gonna fucking have a heart attack. I am so confident in this fucking team. The only thing that worries me is this piece of shit, in-game manager, Aaron Boone. Holy fucking shit. Holy shit, I'm calling back. What the fuck is Dennis attempt to do again for second fucking inning of work? And why in the fucking world is Miguel Andujar out of the game in the sixth fucking inning? Holy shit. There is no way Frank Hampton is making these calls in front of This is 100% Boone's idiotic fucking moves. Holy fucking shit. Fuck yeah, baby. Strong first inning on Severino. That's how we start off a wild card game. Aaron fucking judge. My dogs are going crazy. The stadium's going crazy. 
car, baby. Here we go. Let's, let's go get the bus. I was not sure about bringing Dell in. People on, nobody out. But it turned out to be the right decision. Going into the bottom of the sixth, put up a couple more runs, win this shit. Bottom six had to call it. How much do you guys need for GoFundMe to live broadcast the game? Because I cannot handle Eckersley any longer. Please, thank you. Go Yanks. This is a cardinal sin, putting Batanzas in with runners on. I don't know why Britain wasn't up. He would be perfect in this situation. <sighs> What's up, guys? This is Conrad, one of the writers at Bronx City Um, I was sitting in class watching the game with Judge Zinn at that mental home run. I fucking almost got a seat during class. All I can say is I just watched Luke Boyd just hit that fucking triple and then fly home. Just inject that man into my fucking vein. We're going all the way. I'll be at the game in the park against Boston on Monday night. Let's hard to be uh, hey boys, Dave, Billy. Um, last time I called was uh, last year during the ALDS when Dylan Batances uh, couldn't throw a strike. And I would like to formally apologize for every awful thing I ever said about uh, Dylan Batances. Uh, let's go, you gigs, and uh, let's get Luke Boyd his monument park playing. I would personally like to thank Brian Cashman and Jason Shreve for bringing us Luke, the motherfucking legend Voight, to New York. If this man was pulled out of nowhere, Brian Cashman deserves to go to the Hall of Fame. Go fucking Yanks! Let's go, Yanks! Fucking boy, baby, you fucking animal, baby. Woo! Yeah, it's the top of the seventh, but uh, I just want to let you guys know. Yo, Bronx Strikes, I fucking love the show, okay? 
listen up. I'm calling from the Middle East. This game was on at 3 in the morning. I went to sleep last night at 8 so that I could wake up, watch this game. Today I have a job interview. I still woke up at 3 in the morning to watch that amazing fucking game. Luke Voigt, you're my hero. Chappie, you the man. Sebi, I don't blame you what happened in the fifth inning. Should have taken you out after the fourth. You did fucking awesome. Oh my god, that game, I'm fucking dying here. I'm almost having a heart attack. This October is gonna be killer. It's gonna be something amazing. I'm gonna have to wake up at 3 a.m. 20 times this this fucking month. It's gonna kill me. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, in for, I'm in for the whole thing, the whole run. We're going to the World Series. We're taking it game four of the World Series. You heard it here first, here first folks. Let's do it. Go Yankees! Call from Arizona, watch the game. Just finished up, 8.56 p.m. What an absolute fucking game. I love it. I love it. Starting off with Judge's bomb. Seven, fantastic. I think uh, Boone had great management. Putting in Echeverria. Sticking with Patances, which I, when he did that, I was like, no fucking way. They're, uh, they're going to give up some runs, but no. Then the Gardner substitution, the Walker at the end. Chapman looked good. Voigt's fucking triple. Luke Voigt. Fucking monster. Love his haircut. It's all tight and sharp. I know fucking people hate his hop, but I love it. Absolutely love it. Great game. I was yelling my, yelling my lungs out. I don't even know how I still have a voice. Fantastic. Love it. I think they're rolling. I think they're going to be Boston. I love half lining it up. Go Yanks. We won! Ah! Judge! Hey BP crew, this is Eddie from Idaho. Hell of a win for the Yankees. Everybody contributed. It's pitching staff. Everybody here. And Judge starting up right. Let's keep this momentum. Take it into Boston. Go whip that Boston ass. Let's go, Yankees. Woo! Let's go, boys! Yanks get it done in the Bronx, baby.
was a home run, but it's a triple, and, and he wins the game for us. You gotta, you gotta love this team. I, I'm loving the feeling right now. I think, I think we're gonna win this all. Let's go, Yankees. Got a British reception. Let's fucking go. The Yankees are back where they belong. Bring on the fucking Boston Red Sox. We've been waiting for 14 years. We got the squad. We got the momentum. We're all hands on deck, ready to go. This team has it all. We're going to fucking cruise our way on to the World Series. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I just wanted to call in and let y'all know that great game tonight by the Yankees. Um, all around, just good pitching, good hitting. Uh, great start by Severino. And if we get J-Hab, Hashiro Tanaka, and CC on the same page as Severino, we beat the White Sox in three, sweep them. And then after that, I mean, it be beating the Yankees. We just, if we beat Boston, we beat the best team in baseball. And the way this offense is rolling based on that wild card game and this final stretch of September, there's no way we can't make it to the World Series and win it. So, like I said, it's all about just pitching, just has to stay consistent, good pitching, offense always delivers. I mean, that lineup tonight was deadly, and we still got Neil Walker, Brett Gardner on the bench, um, and it's, it's just... It, there, there, there's no one who can beat us if we're at our top form right now. So that's all that I had to say. Um, great game by the Yankees. Nice to see Judge and Stanton connecting, making a big impact on the game. And I just want to see them beat the Red Sox. And then whoever we play, the ALCS, if we beat Boston, hopefully we will not know what we're, we're going for. Hey, what's up, guys? I have a baby sleeping like 10 feet away from me, so I gotta be quiet. But we're on to Boston. Let's do it. This is exactly how this lineup was supposed to win. And they did it. Everyone stepped up. Now you've got Red Sox fans clearly nervous on Twitter. Clearly nervous. You think that Chris Sale, who's never performed in the postseason, David Price, who we've owned all year long, and Rick Porcello, who is not a big game pitcher. They think these guys are their answer. And if we did this to Oakland's top-level bullpen, what do you think we're going to do to that pansy-ass minor league bullpen that they have up in Boston? Let's go. Let's keep rolling. Let's go, Yankees. Who's that? The Bronx Bombers, baby. We did it again. We're going to fucking Boston, baby. I want fucking Boston, baby. About 20 feet right now. I'm on the toilet, but I can't get that game out of my head, man. That shit was fucking great, bro. Fucking Lukey Roy, fucking John Carlos, and Judge Bad Baby. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.